This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So today I'm speaking with Crystal Joy Brown, who, to name just a few from a much longer list of credits on stage, film, and television, has appeared on Broadway as Diana Ross in Motown, Mimi in Rent, Ornella in Leap of Faith, and Josephine in Big Fish. She is a two-time Fred Astaire Award nominee, an avid mental health, wellness, and social justice activist, and Crystal is currently starring on Broadway as Eliza Hamilton in the Broadway mega-hit musical, Hamilton. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a crazy time, so I'm excited to catch up with you. Absolutely. Listen, I'm truly, truly grateful for the opportunity to spend this time together. Let me ask you this. Do you remember the moment on March 12th when you found out that Broadway was shutting down? Oh, I remember it vividly because I I had an audition for a, a workshop of a new musical, and I remember when we, I was going into the audition, they were like, the doors are open, like, please don't touch the doorknobs, don't touch anything, like, just stay contained and don't put your music down. We have all the sheet music. And I was like, okay, all right. So we're, everyone's being cautious because a week prior to the shutdown, people started to get really, um, you know, the cleanliness practices, washing the hands, um, sanitizer everywhere. And then we even at the theater, we started to not have backstage guests and they asked us to not sign autographs anymore. So it was kind of like ramping up. But I remember I was walking out of that audition and I look at my phone and I'm on the street, it's like on 43rd street. And I look at my phone, it's just blowing up. It's just like people are texting and, and are sending me articles and saying like, de Blasio just shut down Broadway and Broadway shut. I was like, wait, this can't be real. You know, this can't be actually happening. Um, you know, but I was, I was shocked. And I even, I immediately wrote my stage manager and was like, is this for real? And she's like, yeah, it's for real. And then I was just like, oh, oh God, what do I do? And trying not to be freaked out, but also slightly freaked out because, you know, the shutdown happened, but there was no actual plan. There was not like, we're going to do this and this is what's going to happen next. It was just kind of a wait and see. And I think that that was the scariest bit of it, that we just had no idea what was going to be next. Um, but everyone's staying pretty optimistic and absolutely not thinking this would be, you know, three, six, maybe a year-long event for the, the theater community. So it was pretty crazy. And also, like, I'm not exactly sure where my next paycheck is going to come from or if I'm going to do Broadway again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the layers of that just started to, like, creep up. And then, of course, then the news saying, oh, this is affecting the Black and Brown community, um, you know, exponentially more than, than others. And I was just like, you know, it was just like another dagger um, mm-hmm. that I just couldn't, that was just really hard to cope with. And so you just feel like you're in this kind of nebulous place where you're like, what am I doing? Like you're saying, like all of the, sh- the systems shut down. And I think that we, not just my industry, every industry has seen, uh, you know, the system shut down, which is, I think, led us to the point that we are in right now. Yeah. Was there an opportunity there to learn and grow? Well, absolutely. I mean, every kind of bit of interview or conversation I would have with students that were graduating or 
or um, workshops that I would do, I would always be like, this time, no matter what it is, it is, is a gift. You know, it, this is a, a chance for us to sit in reflection. I think that when the pandemic hit, a lot of people were shocked because they aren't used to having that time with themselves and, and really looking at their lives, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and, and then, you know, I was kind of sitting here like, well, I'll kind of just go back into the things that I love to do, which are writing, creating, connecting with friends, and yeah. find out what this, this is something, there's something bigger here. Mm. Um, I think we're stepping into it right now. I think that we're really stepping into what this pandemic was actually meant to be for, right. um, which is a time to sit there and go, does this work for me? Do these systems work for me? Is this what I want for myself? Um, and, and, and people are making some revolutionary, you know, uh, uh, understandings about themselves. Absolutely. It's, it's lovely to hear that you're finding all these new opportunities, um, you know, and it speaks to your strength, obviously, that you've, you can dig deep. And, and, and also, you know, I love that you said it was, you know, it starts in a micro way, but it, you know, quickly went to the macro, seeing seeing the bigger picture, and and it, it brings me to think of the lyric that that Eliza says about look around, right? Look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now, right? Yeah. And I mean, of course, that's just so pot potent right now and so powerful yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, it's it's the savoring and the gratitude, you know. Yeah, because that you know, there will be so many things that are left on our computers. There will be so many things that are left like in our cabinets or plans that we make and that we don't do because of whatever reason or fear or just time, you know, just not enough time to do all the things you want to do. And I think that that's kind of the, the bizarre poetry of all of this death that we really do have to look at and also just in our lives to remember to live. Um, I often hear people during the pandemic saying they're bored. <laughs> you know <laughs> that they're that they're waiting around and i wish this would end this is being done to me as if yeah as if uh, you know sort of a reason for for not doing and i'm curious to know what you might say what your message to someone and you know again not trying to invalidate the the fact that you know you may have been hurt or needed the time to heal and you know and then to you know to get angry and all of that that's all important yeah. you need to go through that but when they get to that spot where they stop moving, stop the motions and are not able to look around, I'm curious to know what you might offer. I, the first thing that comes to my head, and this sounds really awful, but it's like, if you're bored, then you're boring. Like, I don't understand how you can be bored in a time like this. For me, uh, just like looking at what's happening, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement and what, registering people to vote and getting active, that's one way to not be bored. I think that people also really do want to avoid certain things in their lives. And I think this is the perfect time to stare all of those things in the face. So, I mean, it's okay to also be bored. In a society where we're constantly thrown things in our faces to distract us and, and completely like amuse us to death, it's good to sometimes just slow down and be like, today I'm going to be bored and I'm going to focus on my breathing or I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to do as little as possible to just relax and, and connect with myself. And that is actually still good. I think that sometimes we do put a high price on productivity, which I think people in the very beginning were like, do that, get it done, do these things, you know, make the most of it. And I think that that also gets in people's heads. So I think that there's like a dichotomy there. Like part of it is like, yes, if you want to be productive, great. But also if you are technically bored, like just take this as a moment that you're like, my body is telling me like that I need to just shut down, that I need to just like lay down, be horizontal for a day. And, and that's also okay. Yeah.
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing what you're saying is that, you know, if it's a choice to not do anything, that's totally fine. Right. But just by saying I'm bored and it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> right. Exactly. You, what, what is your definition? What is Crystal Joy Brown's definition of living in the moment? Presence. Um, just to be, I want to give people my undivided attention. So being in the moment to me is, is allowing myself to be present, listening, really listening, mm-hmm. um, not just waiting to talk, um, but really like hearing the other person or hearing the, the scenario that I'm in, whatever the universe is trying to tell me, my ancestors are trying to tell me, or a friend across the way is trying to tell me, like whatever it is that I'm actually receiving the information that they're giving me. And, and just being there, just really like, I, I've, I've had this whole kind of resurgence of like needing to show people that I love that I am 100% there for them, um, that I'm awake for them and their emotions and their feelings. And for me, I think that, you know, showing up and having my eyes wide open and, and being, and having checked my own baggage well enough so that I can allow myself to, to be a pillar of strength for other people. I just think presence and really connecting with people and, and, and really like doing the work on yourself so that you cannot, so that it's not interfering with uh, the moment at hand. Oh, absolutely. And the choices we make. Absolutely. No, that makes, that makes so much sense. It's so funny. I wrote down, sorry, I'm a bit of a word geek. Um, when you said interfering, I heard it for the first time with fear as the verb Mm. interfering. I know. Right. And I was like, it's so true because that's why people do it because they're thinking ahead about how they're going to look in the conversation or what their, you know, destination, you know, what their objective is. Yeah. So living from fear. No, I love that. And also, I mean, relieving yourself of outcomes. Yep. I think also is, but that's like, it's it, like, it, I was in an ashram in Bali, <laughs> like figuring that out, you know, like yeah. it, was, it took real, uh, you know, excavation of myself and, and yeah. checking the ego and being like, who am I? And uh, what am I? What do I want to be? How do I connect to human beings better? How do I listen better? How do I hear myself better? How do I take better care of me? And if I don't take really excellent care of myself, then I can't take care of anyone else. And so what does that mean? And, and then it's allowed me to be more open. I used to think that, you know, being a, a basket case, being like a, 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 a tortured artist soul was going to be the thing that was going to make me like hireable, you know, and mysterious. <laughs> and and it, it, to a degree, I think it does work. I do think that people love hiring, you know, unhinged people or people that are, maybe have a little bit more like darkness in them because they think mm. they're deeper or something. But I'm like, actually, you become less accessible when you're harboring all of this junk. Mm. You know, not, I don't want to say junk. It's probably real things. But when you are harboring it and you haven't really processed it, it's, it just becomes really, really hard to actually play in that playground of imagination or creativity because you're still harboring and, and protecting yourself um, from these feelings and emotions that you have. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, so it frees you. Like I'm, I'm way more vulnerable on stage now because I allow myself to be, but there was a time where I was like, I can't not smile. Mm. I, I have to smile because I need everyone to see that I'm fine. And if I didn't smile, then I would be, it would be so uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Um, so, so now it's like, no, my vulnerability and my ability to connect to that is actually what gets me the job, like going there, uh, not being afraid to be messy, I used to hate being messy, 
you know, I don't want to, I, I, if I really feel then I'm going to really feel, oh God, he- heaven forbid. But mm-hmm. the tortured artist in me is like, no, I feel all the things. But it's like, I was so guarded and protected in that way. Um, and so now it's like, oh yeah, come, come at me with like these hard concepts of, of life. Like I'm ready to, to play in that field because I've unpacked a lot of things and I'm still constantly unpacking and learning and, and trying new ways and, and modalities of being, whether it be in performing, acting, storytelling, whatever it is, or also just in my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's, that's such, I love that example of, you know, getting to that, you know, as an actress, getting to that vulnerable spot, that true vulnerable spot. Again, not the vulnerable spot as a destination. Oh, now I'm going to get to my vulnerable spot. (laughs) But actually, you know, not controlling and and just feeling and being. Yeah. I think the more like stuff that you have to hide, the more it's harder to be accessible. Yep. Well, it makes sense too. I mean, energetically in the work that I do as a coach, that's exactly, you know, if you're spending, you know, 40% energy hiding or pushing down or, you know, having fear-based values, then you only have 60% to do the rest. Yeah. You know, if you're able to shift it, you know, then, then you can use it in different areas. I mean, it's just kind of science really in the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why I love this art form because I always say like art, it's an arts, arts and sciences because it's a science to me. You know, it is the study of how we do things and how we, how we think, how we move through the world, um, how we, you know, every single part of our bodies is a receptor. Every single cell is receiving information nonstop. Uh, you have your senses, but then your whole body is covered in like all of these little nerve endings that are just picking up DNA and pick, or picking up experiences and collecting oh, yeah. them into the database that is the brain. And yeah. so to me, I'm like, I'm just a human scientist, you know, walking around collecting data like, oh, that kiss felt like this. Oh, that thing is hot. Oh, this is, that hurts me when someone says that. And oh, that feels really good when someone touches me there or whatever it is. It's just kind of like I am, I, and if I can put myself in that place of being like this mad scientist, it also makes life even more fun. You know, it's yeah. like I'm experiencing things with this human humanoid body thing, <laughs> you know, but I'm actually, uh, I'm out here like just collecting data and collecting experiences and it feels so much more enriching and connected when I'm being mindful of how I have connections with human beings or connections to anything yeah. um, on planet earth. And, and receiving it. And then like, also, then I look at my actions and say, how would another humanoid, you know, receive my actions in whatever way that I'm presenting them? Yeah. I love that. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I, 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 I'm with you 100%, you know, so spacey, uh, but you know, that's why no, like, not at all. Not at all. The science is real too. I mean, yeah. again, I mean, you know, we are programmed to when we are faced with, you know, fear, Mm. that we have catabolic hormones that are released and and you know they were initially meant for when we were being chased by the lion in the jungle or whatever (laughs) you know but now it's stress right yep and And it manifests itself into cancer and other diseases yes indeed it does yeah yeah absolutely no that's right and it's conscious it's building consciousness really isn't it yep absolutely and i think it's it's an interesting time because we're constantly bombarded with information and images and we're looking at our phones and all these things are constantly like in our face and so to have to remove all the distractions of life we're taking a very big look at ourselves and our lives like this it's like you know kind of loops back to where we are um 
Yeah. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Way. No, yeah. absolutely. I love that. Yeah, no, so, so very true. And, and such great insights, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I keep quoting Hamilton, but there's so many good things that relate to this in terms yep. of, um, you know, the, the, you have well, Hamilton is about a revolution. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. It's funny because um, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story is like, it's the finale song. Um, there's, and that line is, very, is repeated throughout the entire show in, in several places. But it's, um, it's right before, it said right before Eliza is coming out to do her kind of soliloquy about like the next 50 years of her life. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, you know, for the whole show, it's been... Um, Alexander and his incredible achievements and her kind of being that backseat wife, um, supportive, but also, you know, so in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is the moment where she really steps into her own and and the baton is kind of passed to her and she continues to fight in a way, like at a time when women aren't, they don't have a voice, you know, women yeah. can't vote, like <laughs> women can't really, they're not really speaking out, but she's speaking out against um slavery and she starts her own uh orphanage and she's just doing so many things to memorialize him because he died in disgrace and and no one wanted to really give him the the kudos that he had done to in the creation of this country um so i i look at that and you know continuing to legacy build i you know i think of that like what do you want to what do you want people to say about you in the end you yeah. know do you want people to say how you lived or who you were and there is no control over that. I mean, you can hope to maybe do your best or, or leave some sort of massive mark on, on society or on the world. Um, but sometimes, you know, we make such big connections in ways that we don't even know about or don't even know that we're capable of. And sometimes <laughs> we're past the baton to step into our legacy, you know, later in life. And, um, and I think like, Right now, in society, we have been passed a baton of where we want to go collectively as a society, how we want it to be run, how, what, we, what we want for our children. And I think that that is such a powerful thing. I think like the show Hamilton was like all of these idealists coming together, right? Like there was these people with these ideals of how they want a society to be run. And obviously looking at their legacy because that's the ego, right? The ego is like, I want to be great. I want to be remembered. Um, But coming in and actually having this idea to have a country built on certain fundamental truths um, and things that they felt were civil rights as a human being, you know, even if they didn't include women or black people, (laughs) Um, but the tenants were there and they were so loosely written that that's why they've been beautifully argued into working for a greater mass of people. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I, I look at those words and I look at like joining the show and I look at like when I did Hair on Broadway and joining that show and, and, and then even Motown and just looking at these stories where people were game changers. You know, the mm-hmm. 60s, uh, Hair set in the 60s and it's the draft and it's like talking about society and how they really want life to be loving and connected and equal. and and, and that there's this draft and this horrible war going on um, and the juxtaposition of that. And then you have 
Motown, which is a story of all of these black superstars that had, it's never been done before, but creating this kind of black capital and this, these black stars like you've never seen before, um, another game changer. And then you have Alexander Hamilton, who wasn't exactly white, um, who, <laughs> you know, came in and was doing all of these uh, profound things to create the nation, but also being disruptive in the, the society that they were in. Just being a part of those narratives have actually inspired me to know that one person can make a massive change that you know many people can make a change the power is in the people and it and is of popular demand you know if it didn't happen that so many people loved diana ross or loved Smokey robinson or all of those amazing black artists like it, it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have changed the landscape of the arts the way that it did no. but the power is actually with the people it always is it always has been and always will be but we forget and so it's funny to have these musicals that you think are just, you're just coming to have a lot of fun, but actually it's, it's seeding a plan. Um, it's planting a seed of possibility of what people can do. Yeah. You know, no matter what, these people are made of the same stuff that you and I are made of. And just because like they've achieved some crazy, amazing success doesn't mean that you can't either, or that you're insignificant or that what you say or do doesn't matter. I think that it should remind you that it does. And at any point, that seed could like blossom into something really amazing mm -hmm. as long as you're tending to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings us to awareness, doesn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's just sort of, yeah, not, not waiting and maybe, you know, not necessarily going either, but just being aware that, you know, that there's a, a palette, there's a, you know, there's an opportunity if we have yeah. our health, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. And it doesn't have to be for, for legacy. I mean, legacy, I think if you, if you could ever speak to anyone that we consider to have this incredible legacy, you know, I think a lot of them were not ultimately thinking about that. I mean, you know, it, that wasn't the only goal. I mean, I think the process is a lot of their, like the things that they thought would be their legacy yeah may not be the things the things that we're aiming for it was actually probably the journey that we saw as they were getting there that that stuck with us everyone has right. a different interpretation right well even in the show that when he goes right before hamilton dies he and does the kind of the spoken word bit is like legacy legacy what is a legacy yeah. it's a seed in a garden you may never get to see yeah and that is it to me you know like that is so yeah. true it's a planting a seed in a garden that you may never get to see blossom into equal rights for all, all of that stuff, but it is planting the seed and allowing it to grow into something. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I just, just you saying that like legacy, legacy, what is a legacy? I was like, but yeah, that's totally literally in the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking about control and stuff, you know, and, 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 and under um, certainly, you know, bringing us back to where we are now with the pandemic, um, you know, and obviously there's a lot of things we can't control. Um, but there, you know, as we said, there's, there's choice around, you know, some of the things that we can. And I just wanted to ask you, um, how much energy would you say that, that you spend worrying about what you can't control? I think I allow myself time to go in that space because I think it's the most human thing that we do. Mm. And I, I, I definitely fret about things I can't control because there's a lot of things I cannot control. But then I try to transmute those fears into what I can control. You know, I think it is, I think life is constantly making lemonade. Like, I think it's constantly taking the lemons that are coming at you 
um, cause there are lemons. And then I think it's <laughs> turning it into the best thing that you possibly can. There mm -hmm. is, and, and what, like, if you know that your time on this planet is short, if you know that things are this, this time that you have is precious, imagine how much time you want to spend focusing on the things that you can't control. And then you also have to really be realistic about the things that you can't control and what you actually can control, but you're so scared to, to rage against the thing that you think that you can't control. Yeah. Like there might be things that you have more power over that you're just kind of become complacent about because you don't, it seems like a task. It seems like a lot of work, but it might be something that you actually have more control over than you think. I think mm -hmm. what people um, forget is how powerful you actually are. Like you individually are extremely, extremely powerful and oh, yeah. you have the, the ability to change a lot more than you think, but it all starts with, first of all, changing your mindset and thinking, can I do this thing? Do I have the right to do this thing? Allowing yourself to do this thing and then actually going forth and starting to do it. And sometimes the only thing you can control about a situation is how you feel about it. Oh, absolutely. And that's huge though. I mean, cause that's ultimately what's, where all the blocks come, the limiting beliefs and the gremlins and the voices in your head and all of that. Oh, yeah. They're all coming. I mean, right now, I think we're, we're swimming in a, a fishbowl of lack mentality is what mm -hmm. I keep saying to everybody. You know, we, yes. we think that if people have equal rights and that means that other people aren't going to have enough rights. And I don't right. really understand that. It makes thing. no sense whatsoever. Yeah. 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 It, it's, a, it's, a crazy, it's a crazy world that we're living in, but I also think that there is so much that we can do. And as long as we really look at the bigger picture um, and also how everything is connected, I think that that'll be easier to maneuver through. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm really hearing that you can, you sort of have a, a great perspective of being in, in the life game for the long game. Yeah. And, and for it's chestnut checkers. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There, you, there it is. There's the sound bite. It's chestnut checkers. Oh. No, seriously, because that mindset that you've been working on, <laughs> no, but it's shining through and it's, Thank you. it takes a lot of work. And uh, I just believe in expanse. Like I believe yes. that if the universe is expanding, so is our consciousness and so is our minds yeah. and our ability to like connect deeper to everything. So I don't like to think in a lack mentality. Like if someone books a job and I don't, that doesn't mean that, oh no, there's not enough jobs for me. It's like, no, there's <laughs> space. There's space. Like I have to believe that there is space because if I think that everything's limited, I will be angry and I'll be sad and I'll be, um, I'll always live in this lack place. And if I think that everything's expansive and expanding around me, I will always live in abundance. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I could speak with you all day. This is such I know. a topic. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so with one being not true at all and 10 being absolutely true, mm. how true do you believe the principle life is a perfect adventure, a game that cannot be won or lost, only played? Oh, 10. Yeah. I think it is an adventure. Like I love traveling. I love exploring. I love learning. I never want to stop playing this game of, of figuring it out. I'm a mad scientist adventure, you know, romping around trying to figure out what I can do, how I can connect and learn. And, and then, and then it'll be over, you know, the game always ends for everyone. Yeah. And so, and it's not, who wins or loses, but how you played the game. So true. <laughs> so it, there is no winning or losing. Yeah. Sometimes it's really sad and sometimes it's really beautiful, but it's always new and different and evolving. Yeah. And you know, you, you never stop learning. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. 
Listen, um, before we say goodbye, I, I like to ask all my guests, what, what are the top three things that happened so far today? Oh, today. Okay. Um, today, well, I was in Maine this morning. Uh, so I drove home, which is always, I love New York. I love this city so much. So every time I leave it, I'm like, oh, I got to get away. And then every time I come back, I'm like, I just love it here. I just love looking at the buildings and the people and the diversity and it just feels like home. So yeah, coming home. Um, number two, I'm working with um, two organizations, Broadway for Racial Justice and Claim Our Space. And we're planning something really, really excited, exciting for Black Lives Matter and for the Broadway community to kind of come together uh, on June 27th, so please follow me to, to watch what's going on there. Um, and just sitting with these minds of activists and people, I've been going to protests, uh, you know, every other day for like two weeks, um, and then I'd kind of step back for a second, but I, I love the community of people really trying to etch out a new system, a new world that is like really inclusive, really loving, and, and, and seeing people make change. Like, so that's sitting in a group of people who really love humanity and really are pouring their hearts and souls into building a better world is an amazing thing to get to do. So that's number two. And then number three, um, I mean, obviously like this podcast, like sitting here and, and this is what I love to do is connect with people and, mm. and share and, and try to figure out this crazy world that we live in, try to figure out these crazy thoughts. And so just even sitting here thinking about thinking is like <laughs> such a great thing for me. That's so great. Oh my gosh. So what are you most looking forward to today? Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to focusing on my activism today and doing more work to just to make sure that this event that we're creating is, is going to be extraordinary and inclusive and full of love and, and positive energy. Um, I think that that's right now what this whole pandemic has done for me is really illuminated the activist inside of me right. um, and the person that really cares deeply about humanity and equality and my community. And, and so in, in transmuting all of the, the grief and the fear and the stigmas and turning that into something loving and beautiful is my superpower. Like that's what I get to do um, with all of the negativity that's thrown at me and my race and whatever. Like I, I get to take that and I get to make something really beautiful out of it. And the fact that I have that and I have a community to do that really is the best thing of my day. And the thing that I've been looking forward to always. Yeah, that's beautiful. And talk about right place, right time, right? I mean, you're the right person for this, clearly. I mean, your energy is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. No, and we need that. We you. need that. I mean, we, you know, at this time, we really need voices that are speaking you know focusing on compassion not not all the anger and and all of that i think it's beautiful yeah i think everyone has their own place and way to like connect and and and, and share their frustrations or their opinions of this time and and this is my way i want to be accessible and i want to be um i'm like you want to help come help you want to be a part of this come be a part of this you have a question i'm i'm okay with answering it because i want people to feel as though like you don't have to be invited to join a movement where that's like, hopefully, in my opinion, you know, the right side of history where we're talking yeah. about, you know, the preciousness of lives. I mean, your show is called Stop Time. Like, 
we're so lucky to get to sit here and do this, you know, like, because, and we could just talk about life and, and people just want to live. And that's really what this is all about is like the desire to live and to live fully. Um, yeah. So it all comes full circle to that. Crystal, listen, thank you again for taking the time to be in the moment with me and yes. your story. Yeah. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking today with Crystal Joy Brown. Thank you for listening. Stay yes. safe and healthy. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.